Hey everybody, Bees with Ben and we are back in Tassie. Actually, we never really left Tassie. Uh, we are today with an amazing, amazing, passionate, friendly, outgoing, caramazistic, is that such a word? Uh, absolutely, a wealth of knowledge and the amazing beekeeper and I'm so glad to have her on. Thank you so much, Anita, for, uh, for your time. Oh, thank you, Ben. I was thinking you must have been talking about someone else there. <laughs> no, we're talking about you because what you're doing, and we're going to sort of talk all about it on this episode, uh, episode 11, we're going to, you know, the way you're sculpturing these the children, so the Tasmanian Junior Beekeeping Group, um, we're going to talk all about that. But before we do, uh, bees, you know, that. how did you get into bees, Anita? Um, I suppose I really got into bees only a few years ago. Um, you know, I think, you know, I, I first was introduced to bees as a kid, like most other beekeepers, you know, something, you know, that seed was sown really early on and um, not particularly with a beekeeper, but more at, uh, like a bee, it's called the honey house at the botanical garden. And, you know, there was a big observation hive and I remember looking at the bees and being, you know, kind of, you know, in a trance looking at them. And, and I think from there on... Um, you know, it took, a, I don't know, a lot of years then yes. <laughs> to get back into it. And um, I was really fortunate. We were on a farm and we have a amazing uh, beekeeper who had some hives on the farm and his name's Laurie Cohen. And he um, introduced me and kind of took took me under his wing. And, and I think like most people that are beekeepers, you know, they have that mentor that kind of helps them out at the start. And yeah, so I kind of got into them then and managed to get have a baby and all those types of things. So, yeah, I found beekeeping a really, um, like a really good way, like what most a form of meditation for me. Like I really enjoyed being with those bees and chilling out with them and, yeah, kind of escape from being a, a mum, I suppose, sometimes. Yeah. And you're a, um, a Tasmanian, so you're a third-generation Tasmanian, Anita? Oh, gosh, I think... I think we came out with the convicts, Ben. So, <laughs> <Did you>? um, <laughs> um, I know, yeah. So I think, I think, well, actually, I say that my dad was English, but um, yeah, no, we, um, yeah, we've been here and born and bred, and you know, my children are fifth generation on our farm, which is pretty amazing, and um, yeah, so we've got good ties here, which is really cool. That's that's awesome. It's, and as you know, I absolutely love Tasmania. But now, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, and I'm not 100% sure on this, but I think it's either next year, so 2021 or 2022, it's been 200 years since bees yep. have been in, in Australia. But I think yeah. they first come to Tassie. i got a feeling that Tassie they was... They did. Yes. Is that right? They, they did? Yeah, they did. And I think it's next year too, Then I've, I know I've been doing some research on, you know, that genetics of that, you know, they're a really dark bee, a little black bee. Um, I think the original, you know, the ones that came out. Um, and I think from the reading that I've done, and it's a little bit, it's, everyone has a different opinion about what happened. So, but when we actually first looked into it, I think it's next year that's the 200 years that bees okay. landed in Australia. Yep. Um, or is it 2022? Oh, I'll have to check. But, um, I should ask one of the kids. They know those things. <laughs> they always know all the general knowledge. But, um, yeah, and then I think that failed. And I think it took another few years for them to come back out again. And then they were prolific. You know, they swarmed, I think, 15 times or, or something. Sorry. <coughs> um, 
um, 15 times or something. And, yeah, so that's how they started out. And, yeah, which is pretty cool. And, Interesting. But we're going to have a big party. So whenever it oh, is, yes. we better figure it out. I think I think there's going to be a massive party, party all around the world. <laughs> Certainly will. Mm. Um, um, so that's, that's cool. And so with this particular uh, genetics, the genetics of bees, this Tasmanian one, so are they they're still there in Tasmania? They haven't been sort of outcrossed? What's, what's going on? No, there? well, I'm just learning. So one really amazing thing is when, you know, we have these young beekeepers learning um, about bees is we have people who like to kind of come and help us and talk about, um, you know, different things. So um, one of them is about the, I say the black bees that are, so they're the Apis, um, Apis mellifera mellifera. So, yeah, so it's really interesting. I don't know much personally about it, but we're certainly, um, you know, coming up to this season and coming up to the big anniversary, we really want to get the kids um, to learn more information. And, you know, it would be amazing to see. They're out on the West Coast and I know, um, I know there's like a sanctuary, um, you know, in a spot in Tasmania that um, at like a, a biosecurity spot or okay. somewhere. Um, like I said, I don't know, I don't know the exact details, but um, yeah, it's something we certainly want to learn about because it's really important. Yeah, that's that's really cool. And so, so, so speaking about the children, so it was um, three years ago, is that right? Twenty seventeen that you started this um, the Tasmanian Junior Beekeeping Group. So, yep. so what made you start that, Anita? Uh, look, I think um, I had gone out to do a lot of uh, schools, you know, so going into schools and talking about bees, and um, it was there when I realised that there were kids that were really super keen to kind of get, you know, learn more, but they just never had the opportunity. You know, there was no, you know, no contact, no means um, of ever kind of going any further than what I was kind of teaching them in their classroom. So I remember driving home one day, a young boy said to me, you know, can I come to your place? You know, I want to see inside a hive and I don't know anyone. And so I said to him, you know, oh, I can't do that, I'm sorry. But on the way home, I remember thinking, I'm going to start a kids group. So that was 2016, I think. And by 2017, we had a, a kids group up and running. We started off, and I think, you know, it's a bit scary. Um, you know, every time I kind of, you know, kind of sought help, you know, how could I start a kids group? I kept coming up with blanks and people saying, oh, gosh, you don't want to do that. And, you know, why do you want to do that? And, you know, it was quite difficult. Um, but eventually we just pushed, or I say we was just I at the time, um, pushed through and managed to, um, you know, get some help from um, some really good advice from people and, um, you know, push through. We got some funding through a grant to start out getting a few suits and our local beekeeping organisation down here helped us out with some suits and pushed through and now we have, oh, it's over 80 members now, but awesome. sadly we're at capacity and so, yeah, we have probably a, more than half of that desperately trying to get in. So. Um, you know, so many times I hear people, you know, I, I get lots of emails and things from people saying, you know, I'd love to start a kids group and I oh, look honestly, I think you've just got to go for it. Um, you know, of course, make sure all those checks and balances are all in and all the, you know, important, you know, we've got to protect our children. But, um, you know, we have just seen so much growth and, you know, what the kids learn and do, it's, it's really amazing. Yeah. And so, and so, what's stopping you from growing at this stage? So you've got about eighty members, eighty, eighty uh, in, the, yeah. in the group. So how could you make it um, bigger? Well, 
for us, it's, it's about we, we now have lots of volunteers as well, which is fantastic. Um, we put our volunteers through all the checks and balances, you know, making sure they can work safely with children and things. But um, the main issue is uh, we don't have an area big enough for the groups to kind of run, you know, like um, different different groups at the same time. Okay. Um, at the moment, we run out. You've been there, Ben, a tiny little, it's actually my hairdressing salon gets converted to a classroom um, yes. once a month. But, yeah, and it's, I mean, of course, now we have, you know, COVID issues and, um, you know, restrictions around numbers. We, we just can't uh, meet. So that's okay. a real problem. But, um, yeah, so at the moment, we're actually, we've got a bit of a GoFundMe trying to access some funds to kind of get our bee shed built. Um, which is really cool. And last year, we were really fortunate. We had a, an amazing donation from a man called Gurr, and that was a $15,000 donation to get us started. So, awesome. awesome. Yeah, That's which really, is really amazing. That is so cool. And you mentioned um, so the GoFundMe yeah. campaign. What's the, how could people find that? Um, if they popped over to our Facebook page, which is Tasmanian Junior Beekeepers, yep. um, we've got it pinned to the top, and we just started it. So hopefully, you know, the thing is that, you know, we kind of think of it as the, as a bit of a hive, you know, like it takes lots of little bees to make yes. that honey, you know, and so, you know, if we could um, get some really good support from our, our beekeeping networks of, you know, to give these kids a really, um, you know, it's really to, you know, to build that succession plan, you know, build the numbers and, you know, have our older children start teaching the young children and, you know, have a really strong group and I think, or organisation, um, but yeah, so I just, I think for us, you know, growth is, um, you know, also about getting more information and, you know, we've certainly been blessed to have so many um, amazing beekeepers and um, bee advocates, you know, offer their time to help, you know, our children learn because I certainly don't know everything. I mean, you know, you're learning something every day and so, you know, we have um, our Tasmanian um, apiary officer she comes and teaches all the kids about disease and, you know, this year we were lucky enough to see some Varroa. Um, she brought some in, some dead ones. <laughs> dead ones, that's good. <laughs> no live ones. Um, and, yeah, you know, things like pollination. We've had Trevor Monson um, from Monson's Pollination. He, he uh, hosted, him and his wife, sorry, hosted uh, 10 of our children over to the Almonds last year, which was just amazing for the children, you know, to see beekeeping on that scale and, you know, kind of was a bit of an eye-opener for all of us, to be honest. But, um, yeah, but we get lots and lots of help from um, amazing people within the beekeeping community. Yeah, that's, hmm. that's, that's really cool. And I really encourage, you know, um, people listening to jump on that sort of um, GoFundMe um, campaign. And, you know, if it's just a few dollars because, as you said, Anita, you know, it's just like a big hive. Mm. You know, it's one big hive, but it's all these little individuals. And if everyone works yeah. uh, together for the greater good, that's that's awesome. Um, and you mentioned yeah. uh, with um, going up to see the almonds, uh, sort of yeah. their Madura. So what were the, mm. with the children, obviously, coming from a, um, you know, keeping bees in, in a, a really nice, pristine environment with diversity of flora mm-hmm. and so forth, what was the consensus yep. with the children – you know, with monoculture, uh, monoflora, in that sense? What, what did they yeah. sort of think? Well, I mean, we teach um, we teach them really that bees need diversity, you know, like that's the best thing for our bees and, um, you know, a clean environment and, you know, lots of diversity and, you know, that's what's best for our bees. Um, and I think, you know, for our group, 
you know, to, to really teach kids about beekeeping, you need to teach them about everything. So, you know, of course we, you know, teach them about being in a small apiary, but it's really important that kids understand, you know, the pollination, you know, how pollination works and on a massive scale. Um, you know, our positives and negatives within the industry. Um, I mean, kids are really smart and I think this is where we don't give our kids enough credit. You know, our kids are so, you know, I think that a lot of kids I know, um, are so in touch with their environment. They know what's right and wrong and they understand, um, you know, that fine line and fine balance of, you know, our bees being really healthy and our bees not being healthy. Yes. Um, I think when they saw, you know, the massive monoculture, I mean, like, you know, it's, it's really eye-opening for someone that, you know, had never seen anything like that. You know, even I was like, oh, my gosh, you know, this is amazing um, and, and frightening at the same time. Yes. Thinking, gosh, there's so much. It doesn't, you know, it's, it's just miles and miles. Um, but kind of knowing, you know, that there are, you know, they go there for a short amount of time and, you know, they, you know, I mean, of course they worry about disease and things like that. But, I mean, I know that pollination and especially, you know, the money people get from pollination is a really big part of their businesses. So, um, like I said, I think, you know, the kids know, you know, the good and the bad, but it's important to, you know, to be able to show you know, our, our next generation of beekeepers, you know, a huge range of, you know, all kind of practices and like that diversity in, in practices as well. Yeah. And and so with, um, yeah, that's a very, very good point. And and so with um, with training sort of or working with the children, um, as, far, mm-hmm. as far as the, the challenges, what sort of challenges do you have with them? Obviously, bee stings is the first one that comes to mind. Um, and what, yeah. what, what do you do there? Um, I mean, challenges, I mean, like I said, when, when I first wanted to, you know, start a kids' beekeeping group and I was, you know, called crazy and you're mad and all this kind of stuff, um, you know, the challenges to start with was really uh, protective equipment. You know, like it's really, you know, it's expensive and, and things like that. We were really fortunate to um, our friends up at uh, Glen from Lyson um, donated, you know, some equipment for our kids you know, so we could actually get into the hives a bit quicker. You know, at one stage, I think we had 10, 10 suits or something. So, you know, that allowed us to grow really quickly. Um, but, yeah, so having, you know, having the equipment, making sure our kids are safe, um, I think that's the main thing. I mean, I know, you know, our kids kind of get a bit annoyed with us now, but, you know, we've put in lots of checks and balances to ensure that, you know, they are really, really, you know, as safe as they possibly can be. Um, I mean, I know we have some kids that work at home on their hives, um, you know, gloveless and, you know, just wear a little veil and things. But, but here, you know, we really make sure, um, you know, we, we have our kids checked first when they first get dressed and, you know, before they head into the apron, we, we check them. And, you know, it's things like, you know, the logistics of, you know, making sure you've got, you know, I think we have about eight EpiPens on site and um, we always have people with first aid training and, yeah, but the... I think the difficulties is also, um, oh, this could be controversial, Ben, but, um, you know, in an industry where the population is ageing, I know I'm getting older, of course, we're a while, <laughs> um, you know, for the, the kids to be seen, you know, of having a voice and, you know, they are the future of our industry. Um, and even if they're not the future of our industry in the sense, you know, they may not go on to be, you know, commercial beekeepers or, um, you know, great big things, but, you know, it's the children that are learning, um, you know, the skills and just that bee advocacy that, 
you know, need to kind of come through and, and I think they need a voice. Um, you know, it's like a lot of people don't have a voice in, in the industry, but I think, yeah, having our kids, you know, be acknowledged for kind of what they're learning and what they're into and, yeah, which is really important. I, I, um, I totally agree. And that's not controversial yeah. at all. I totally agree, Anita. It's not con- yeah, I think, I think sometimes, I mean, you know, there's been times, you know, it's a difficult subject, but, um, you know, there's been times when people have said, why, why bother teaching these kids, you know? What, they're not going to go on to be beekeepers and, and things like that. But, you know, I think they're wrong. You know, these, these kids are really passionate about the environment and their bees and, you know, their flora, you know, protecting their, you know, like down here, protecting our leatherwood. And, um, you know, it's just really important that, yeah, our kids are given a voice. And I think, you know, things are changing. And I think um, the more, you know, groups and, you know, kids are involved or, I'm not talking about, you know, just little kids, but, you know, young adults are included, um, you know, in, in you know, the industry. I think it would be great. And, you know, getting some accreditation for our kids as well, which is super important, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I totally agree, Anita. And it's interesting that's, you know, for everyone that's sort of listening, I've been to sort of Tassie quite a few times. and um, We love you, Ben. Oh, we love I, well, I love, over. I, I love Tassie. I think I'm <laughs> part Tasmanian almost. Um, it's <laughs> what, I, what I love, and I, a couple of two standout things for me, um, as far as the um, junior uh, beekeeping group, there was this young girl. She was, um, a, oh, she must have been about eight years old. And mm-hmm. um, she, uh, like, went into the hive. She was going solo, but she had sort of guidance there. And she was in there. She lit that smoker by herself. She cracked that lid up and put it on the ground and put the you know the um, super on top of their lid and was doing an inspection and was rolling out. You know, there's the larvae and there's eggs and and uh, mm. there's a different. And I absolutely love that. Eight years old getting in there was absolutely yeah. uh, absolutely brilliant. Totally totally dig that. And the other standout was uh, for me was um, a young uh, young chap, Blake, and he sort mm. of reminded me, it almost sort of teared me up when I was there because he reminded me of me having sort of learning sort of difficulties when I was uh, when I was young. And anyway, yeah. and he, remember, actually, I'll let you tell the story. You tell the story, Anita. Oh, well, um, you were over for our Australian meeting of young beekeepers then, which was fantastic. We um, It was our first ever... Um, meeting of young beekeepers and we had I think 13 or 14 children um, involved and we had uh, Luke Delacca, oh I know I'll say that wrong, um, from Western Australia, he popped over as well which was fantastic and he actually won the event which was fantastic Um, but yeah and we've got lots of kids and we you know I think if we think of beekeepers they're often a quirky bunch Yes. Um, and we have lots of quirky kids and we love them all, we have many have superpowers but um, I think, yeah, one of the standout moments at that two-day event was um, our, one of our young beekeepers, Blake. He, he had never done a talk in front of people before. Um, he, he, you know, he's a homeschooled. So, yeah, hadn't been up in front of a, um, an audience and done a, a talk. And he got up in front of us. We were so privileged to be his very first and did a talk about bees and you know, there wasn't a dry eye in the house. I know we were a bit upset together, Ben. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, just to see him, you know, and I know, um, you know, to other beekeepers, he said things like, you know, he loves working really slow and he's, he's so clever. 
and remembers all you know the information and you know beekeeping for him um, is something that he, he really likes because it's you know at his pace which is fantastic and I, I actually got him picked as being our queen rearer our chief queen raiser here yes. over here Ben because he's um, really into that detail and you know loves all the technical you know knowledge behind us and and yeah, but there were so many amazing, um, you know, uh, moments at that event. Um, yeah, so that was really cool. But I suppose the reason we had that event um, was because uh, in was it last year? I'm just gosh, these years have gone quick, haven't they? Um, last year, I took one of our young beekeepers, twelve-year-old Laura McDowell, over to the international meeting of young beekeepers. Um, and that's an annual uh, kind of like a work skills competition, but but more like a conference and, you know, a really amazing place where kids get together. And um, so I think there were 35 countries were represented. Um, we, were the first, we were the first time that anyone from the Southern Hemisphere had been to that. And, oh, gosh, Ben, when we got there, we I found my village, you know. There was these yes. amazing youth beekeeping advocates and these, you know, really dedicated and, um, you know, be mad kids, you know. It was just fantastic from all over the place, you know, from um, Egypt to, you know, Australia to Russia and um, it was just amazing. And I think, you know, it, as much as it was, the, you know, one of the best experiences for us to go to and, and Laura um, came 15th out of like 80 kids, which was amazing. Awesome. Um, awesome. So good. But I think the thing that I learnt there was um, – it was kind of sad because a lot of these countries, they've had to develop their, their youth beekeepers purely because um, their succession plan, you know, they had no succession plans. And, you know, when, you know, massive problems with Varroa and, you know, problems with, you know, colony collapse and things like that, they weren't keeping beekeepers. So um, industry and, you know, um, government funding just pumped, you know, lots of funding into getting beekeepers you know, young beekeepers through. So they've got really strong, amazing networks for these countries. So, I mean, I think with Australia, I mean, you know, we're pretty thin on the ground with young beekeepers, but, you know, we have the potential to be so amazing because we've got, like, the cleanest bees and the cleanest, you know, the honey and, um, you know, we've got really, really um, amazing beekeepers, you know, that want to pass on their knowledge. Um, and I think, you know, we have the potential to have a really strong, you know, succession plan for our industry as, as well. But, yeah, seeing that was kind of completely different. I mean, you know what it's like, Ben, when you go to these events like Upper Mondia and, um, and you're suddenly engulfed in that, you know, that bee vortex. It's just so yes. encouraging. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I, I totally agree. And, and I did not know that. So is the Tasmania Junior Beekeeping Group the only junior beekeeping group in the Southern Hemisphere? Well, we're the only beekeeping organisation, youth beekeeping organisation. Yep. Um, I mean, we know of amazing like uh, groups out there that like lots of you know. There's a few schools that we know of that yes. are teaching yep. bees, yep. Um, and we love that. I mean, we would love to have you know a really strong network here in Australia. Um, you know, of, of youth beekeeping, you know, or, or young kids learning um, to really give those kids you know the networks that you have you know, throughout Australia just with your own beekeepers, you know. Um, but to give them, you know, that kind of camaraderie, I suppose, of learning beekeeping. And, 
And I think, you know, our kids are facing a, a pretty challenging future. Um, you know, the next generation and, you know, those to follow are, are certainly, you know, going to be, you know, more probably more challenged than, you know, previous ones. Um, so, you know, to have that kind of unity would be fantastic. But, yeah, there's lots of little groups out there. and But the thing is that I suppose, um, you know, what I see a lot is of people, you know, they may not be that experienced. Um, themselves but they really want to see kind of kids grow you know kids kind of build those skills yes and so we want to kind of encourage as many people as we can you know to kind of give it a go and you know if they if they're thinking about it get in touch and and we certainly you know will help out in any way we can and um you know i think you know i think if we started i don't know for those beekeepers out there listening um you know that have a bit of a pool in their association you know have a kids day or, or have a, a field day or something for kids and you know buy a few kids suits and have them at the ready and so you know those opportunities when they arise you know those kids can grasp onto them you know yes. so mm. yeah yeah i totally i totally yeah. agree and as far as you know setting up so if someone wants to set up a uh a, a junior peakkeeping group in in australia or, or new zealand for that matter Mm-hmm. Or, or Asia sort of yes. Pacific, um, what would you recommend they do? Can they, they can come and sort of shoot you for an email and have a chat to you, get some advice? Yes. Or is there anything that you yes. recommend that they sort of a couple of little, maybe one or two steps that they should should sort of start off? Yeah. Um, I suppose the first thing is, I mean, because they will always be interested. I think a lot of people think that, oh, if I don't start, what if no one turns up? But there is always going to be kids interested in the environment. So, you know, rest assured that will happen. The kids will come. Um but I think the main thing is insurance. Um, I know that we really yeah. struggled with that. Okay. Um, and that's the reason we became incorporated was, you know, we were really struggling, um, you know, finding an insurance company that would cover youth, you know, like minors. Okay. And um, so that's, you know, make sure you've got insurance. You know, make sure you're tapped into organisations that kind of are, you know, along the same path, you know what I mean? Like yes. kind of are interested in helping out kids. So there's lots. You get that wealth of knowledge coming through. Um, I mean, like I said, I've, I've only been keep beekeeping, I think, six years and certainly don't know a lot, <laughs> you know, like I, I know a little bit. But, um, you know, the thing that we find and, you know, if you're in a room of beekeepers, you know, you can't shut them up about bees. Yes. <laughs> but I think what we've found um, in our group is that there's a lot of, you know, a lot of older beekeepers or anything younger ones as well, but, you know, they're, they're such a wealth of knowledge. You know, they've got so much local knowledge of the trees and all the floral sources and, you know, they have so much up there and they've got nowhere to filter it sometimes, you know, mm. to, to bring it down. So I think by having, you know, youth groups and things like that, it, it encourages some of our older beekeepers to kind of share their knowledge. So that kind of intergenerational, um, you know, exchange, which is really amazing. That's what we love seeing happening here. Um, but I think um, another challenge, I suppose, was, yeah, gear, making sure all the kids have got, you know, correct um, PPE gear. Yes, okay. Yep. And I think I think for us, I mean, our it's our philosophy um, and, you know, obviously some people have to be different because of, you know, if they've got businesses and things like that. But our philosophy is that none of our children pay to come to our sessions, um, which is always fun. You know, we're run by volunteers and, and, you know, none of the kids pay, <laughs> um, which is what we, we love that. We're really, really proud of that. But, um, 
you know, get some funding. I mean, there's so many people want to help, you know, especially seeing like young kids learning about bees and, um, you know, and even industry that our, you know, our beekeepers are helping, you know, like the pollination industries and things like that. Um, you know, I think asking them for help sometimes, it's, a lot of people are too scared to ask, but, you know, I think if you ask, people, you know, don't, they want to kind of encourage that, that youth. So, hmm. Yes, yeah, I, t- I, I think they're the biggest challenges. Yes, yeah, I totally agree. And one thing that sort of stand out for me as well is the the way the youth, um, the the way they see things and describe things. So, so sort of two points for me is um, to bring up is I love the way the they describe Leatherwood honey, and they just loved it. Mm. And uh, and I brought some of my honey down down there for the um, for the for or the uh, the group to try, and I love the mm. way because as we know, Leatherwood honey. It is is very unique taste. I I love it. Um, absolutely yep. love it. But it's very unique. It's it's quite strong. It's robust, and uh, I love the way the children were just they were just like so almost patriotic for their for their honey. It was I love that. Absolutely adored that. That was one one well, sort of standout thing for me. We have rule here at Tasmanian Beekeepers. Um, if you don't like Leatherwood honey, you can't join Ben. See, that's it. what we do. No. <laughs> that, that of, no, we don't. I love it. No, that's, we don't. That's funny. I love, I love that. Um, and and speaking yeah, I think that's – oh, sorry. No, you don't. I was you, saying, you know, that's, a, that's the thing about, um, you know, when, when you were down and we – I think we had, was it about 30 or 25 jars of, of everybody's honey? Everyone bought some honey and we had some um, – when I say this, we only advocate 100% Australian honey and we only ever will. Yes, um, I think it's important mm. for our kids' futures yeah. um, to have a really strong Australian beekeeping industry. So we, we support 100% Australian honey. Um, but, but we had some people send us some honey samples and things down and um, it is amazing, isn't it? They're so patriotic about their honey. And, yes. And um, poor Luke from Western Australia. Oh, the poor thing. He was gagging on our leatherwood. You know, we're like, gosh, but, you know, <laughs> that's not cool. But, uh, yeah, he wasn't a fan. But, um, but no, I think that's the thing is, you know, our, we have such unique honey in Australia that, you know, having a honey tasting, you know, being able to do those tasting notes and things like that for the kids is really important for them to start distinguishing, you know, what's good honey and, you know, what's great. So that's something we want to explore a bit more as well, which will be really, really fun. But yeah, yeah. sorry Ben, I talk too much. No, I love it. No, <laughs> this, that, that, no that's I'm what this is. I'm passionate about our Leatherwood honey. Oh, yes, yeah, and so am I. Absolutely, and I'm just I'm passionate yeah. about Tasmania. It's um, they've got yeah. the, the cleanest air in in the whole world, and um, yep. I absolutely love Tassie. And uh, the other things too, I was going to say. You know, I've got a young uh, a young chap, uh, William Stapelfelt. And he's yeah. um, he's fourteen. Yeah. And he works for me now. He actually works. He's got a, a working um, permit, so there's a bit of uh, rules and yep. regulations. And what I love about the youth is the way they often see things. Because you know, I'll be if we're doing some requeening or you know finding queens for whatever reason, and the way so many times you know, you're looking and you miss it. He goes, "There it is," you know, "There it is," because their their eyes are just they're looking and they're so got that young mm-hmm. fresh eyes, and that's a very another sort of standout thing for me with all youth, you know, the beekeepers. And I noticed that same thing with the group uh, when I was down in Tassie. They're just like, "Yeah, there's a queen," and I'm just like, "Okay, yep. yeah." So it's yeah, that's really cool. Um, Why do you think Ben we're going to get our kids to do our queen raising? 
Yes, I know. I know. Their, their eyesight is amazing. And they don't shake. Like I, I think I have too many coffees. They don't shake. <laughs> they don't shake as they're, they're grafting. So, and no. I think that's a really cool thing, you know, to be breeding, um, you know, queens because as, as a as a revenue, people would so support that. And yeah. um, and at the moment, I'm just getting my sort of self, um, uh, my little business sort of restructuring things. But it is something that I'm going to do. So um, yeah. in Victoria is have a youth um, beekeeping group. And um, yeah, for sure. I'm just uh, in the middle of sort of moving things around and moving to a factory. Yeah. And so, forth. so yeah, so I'm really looking it's, forward to that. That's really exciting for you. That's yeah. really, it's, it's good. And I think having like those, I call them, you know, sometimes you may not be able to have a youth beekeeping group, you know, but, you know, those youth advocates, you know, like that's the thing, you know, giving a kid a go or, um, you know, if they want to help out as long as they've got permission and things like that, you know, um, you know, giving them a chance. And I think, um, you know, so many kids, and I know I have a daughter with, you know, some learning difficulties as well, you know, a little dyslexic. And, um, you know, sometimes the things, the things they're into are not necessarily, you know, like how, what am I trying to say? You know, sometimes beekeeping is the perfect learning environment as well. You know, they can yes. kind of really focus on things and, you know, they might not be able to read the textbook, but they learn, you know, from doing and seeing and hearing. And, you know, so some kids, you know, they find their kind of, um, you know, I, I have to tell you about this, Ben, um, Laura. Our, our Laura, who we took away to Slovakia last year. Yep. Um, before we were going, you know, we, we had the opportunity to go and we thought, you know, who are we going to take or, you know, who would want to come? And Laura once said to me that, you know, and it, she'll probably, you know, snuck me for saying this, but, um, you know, that when she was, she said, oh, before I was into bees, I was just, you know, no one knew my name. I was just, you know, Laura. Yep. But now I'm like Laura, the bee girl, you know, oh, like awesome. she found her identity through our bees. And it was that comment that actually kind of said, yeah, no, Laura's the right person to ask. You know, like it was, you know, some kids find their identity in, you know, reptiles or, you know, insects or, you know, sport or whatever it is. But, you know, kids have to be given the opportunity to at least try. And I think, you know, so if, if you've got the chance to give a kid a go, um, you know, make sure they're safe, make sure they're protected, all that kind of stuff. Um, have an EpiPen on hand, but give them a crack. You know, I think, you know, I look at some of our kids and I think technically they know a lot. They don't, you know, some have lots of skills and some, you know, are kind of building their skills. But, you know, they'd actually, you know, they're doing all right, you know. And, and I think people are a bit shocked sometimes that the kids know as much as they do or, you know, are involved as much as they are. So, Yeah. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I totally agree. And you look at Luke over in Western Australia there. Like, yeah. He's, a, he's absolutely killing it. Like he's got his little bee, uh, that's Luke's bees. So I think he's on Facebook yep. as well. And um, he's absolutely, yeah, yep. he's doing like a school incursions and, and things. And, and you should do a podcast with Luke. That is a cracker <laughs> idea. Absolute <laughs> cracker idea. That He'd love that. Because yeah. he needs, a, you know, that's the thing, get the voice of, you know, I know you. You know, got lots of women coming up, Ben, and and but get some youth in there, and you know, you've done some older beekeepers, and but you know, some. I know Luke is doing amazing things over there. You know, yeah, he doing, is. Absolutely. Like you said, school incursions, and he's got his own honey label, and he was the winner of the Australian Youth was it meeting of youth beekeepers, the young beekeepers. Yes. So he's technically, um, 
you know, the best young beekeeper in our country at the moment. Um, and I must say, right now, we would have been in Slovenia um, if it wasn't for COVID. Um, we had a team of three kids that, you know, from that event. Um, and we had uh, Luke was, was Luke came first and we had Ava, um, sec- Ava McCool and, um, oh, no, no, I've forgotten his name. Little Reuben. Little Reuben. Reuben That's right, Reuben. That's yes. Right. Yeah. Oh, little champion. Yeah. Um, he came third. So at the moment, Ben, we would have been over in Slovenia with about, I think it was like 85 kids. Um, but, yeah, sadly we're not. So hopefully we can go next year, you know, take the same team. But, yeah. Yes. Yeah, so t- um, yeah, that's uh, for sure. On that subject, um, how, so Tassie's all free of, um, of uh, COVID-19, isn't it? Is that correct? Uh, I think someone, yeah, I think. Well, I think we're 60 days COVID-free, um, which is wonderful. But, I mean, our borders are, are tight, tightly shut. And I know that, you know, we have our moat. I think that's what we're saying. Yes. We've got a moat and we're not afraid to use it. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's really, you know, it's distressing seeing what's happening over there in Victoria. I really feel for you guys. And um, I know, you know, in New South Wales, it's kind of, you know, coming along as well. But, you know, hopefully there can be a, an end to all this and we can all get back to, you know the way we we were, or you know the way we're going to be, I suppose. But I, I totally yeah. agree. I totally agree because I want to come back to Tassie. So. I know <laughs> we need to back down here. <laughs> I know exactly. Well, Anita, thank you so much. I really thank appreciate you. your time, and I've never met a person so committed to helping children be involved with bees and beekeeping. So thank you so much. You're absolutely amazing, oh, thanks, and I totally admire what you're doing. So thank you, and keep up the amazing work. Thanks, Ben. I really appreciate it. And I and I really appreciate you giving a voice for the you know, youth beekeepers out there too. <laughs> awesome. Thank you. Take care and catch up with you soon. Thanks, Ben. See ya. Bye. Bye.